discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity to hear your word. Thank you that even as we hear, we are blessed. Your word changes our lives. It takes us to the level that you have designed for us to get to, even in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for the ministry of the word and the ministry of the spirit working practically amongst us this morning, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I started sharing with you on the great commission is for all the great commission say the great commission is for all you see you can't believe in scriptures like john 10 10. Hmm? have you read john 10 10 before what does it say the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy but i am come that they may they might have life and have it more abundantly you see, Jesus came so that you can have life and have it more abundant. He, you can have and enjoy life. That is why Jesus came. Can you imagine that Jesus is thinking about your, your enjoyment? <laughs> One of the major things that Jesus, or the major thing Jesus came to do on earth was to give life, was to take away sin and to give life. What life? The life of God. So Jesus is the source of the life of God. He gives the life of God. Okay? And he says he wants you to have that life and have it to the full. If you read in the Amplified, look at the Amplified of this verse. John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Hey, tell your neighbor. Jesus wants you to have and enjoy life. Amazing. So contrary to the opinion of many that God does not care, God actually cares. He wants you to have and enjoy life. Can you imagine? Yes. That you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants you to have it to the full. So there are levels to the life of God. When you become born again, you are given the life of God. Okay? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but should have something called everlasting life or eternal life. So eternal life is what you receive when you believe. When you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you receive something called eternal life. Are you seeing it? Uh -huh. So how many of you have eternal life? Why do you have eternal life? Because you've received Jesus. If you received Jesus as the Lord and personal Savior, what you received, what you got was eternal life. Now, eternal life is in levels. Are you surprised? 
let me give you an example. It's like having the, bio, the normal biological life. All of us are alive, physically speaking, isn't it? There, there are different types of lives. There's the bios, bio, biological life. Bios, that's what we enjoy, okay, naturally speaking. Then there's the zoe life, which is the God kind of life. Are you seeing it? Now, biologically speaking, you can have life. You are alive, but then you may not be healthy. Is it true? Aha. Uh -huh. you, may, you, may, you may have contracted some illness, maybe malaria or um, hypertension or what? Ulcer or a cancer. There are people amongst us who have had COVID-19, but they didn't die. It was like a normal cold. They tested positive. They stayed home. After two weeks, they became fine. They tested and they were fine. And they are, they are around. Wow. But others contract it, and it's like that is the end of their lives. It's not supposed to be like that. Now, so what basically what I'm trying to say is this. So you can have the natural life, but then you don't have it to the full because of an illness, of one illness or the other. In, in the life of God, you can have the life of God, but then it is, it is if you are, you are ill, biologically speaking, or naturally speaking, you realize that you can't do some things. When you are ill, you can't eat, you can't eat your favorite food. Even when they bring it to you, you realize that it's like, ah, you can't, you can't eat it. Your appetite is gone. Why? Because the life is not to the full. You have life, naturally speaking, but then if poverty is all over, you realize you're not enjoying your life as you're supposed to, naturally speaking. Are you getting it? So in the same way, eternal life also comes in levels. That is why we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. The more you hear the word of God, the more life you receive. John chapter 6, verse 63. If Jesus didn't um, think eternal life was like that, he wouldn't have said the things he said. So John 63 says this. It is the spirit that gives life. The word quickeneth there is gives life. So the Spirit gives life. You have the Holy Spirit. But the more you engage the Holy Spirit, the more eternal life, the more the life of God in you is, is increased or flourishes. It becomes more powerful in you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So it is the Spirit that quickeneth or giveth life. Then it says, the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So the more you hear the word of God, the more spirit and the more life you receive. There are Christians who are not active spiritually speaking. They can't pray for 30 minutes. Why? The life of God in them is very low. The intensity is low. I'm talking about the intensity of the life. You have the life, but then it can be highly, high in, in terms of intensity or low in terms of intensity. High in terms of expression or low in terms of expression. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. There are Christians who fall ill. Anything that comes, they'll get some and die. Why? Because the life in them is the, the life of God. Because the life of God cannot be affected by sickness or illness. That's the truth. Have you ever heard God say that, mm, today I'm not well at all? God doesn't have that. And it is his life that we have received. Same life. So Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life, which you receive when you get born again. But then he says, I want, you to, I want you to have it more abundantly. That is why we hear the word. That is why we engage the spirit. Because the word brings life, the spirit brings life. That is why we engage in communion. 
Because communion brings the life of God to you. That is why we pray. Because prayer is the supply of the Spirit. Which is the Spirit of life. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. You realize that you are, you are functioning very well, spiritually speaking. And amazingly, life is spiritual. Everything we have in the physical comes from the spiritual. So when you engage yourself spiritually, the more you engage yourself spiritually, the more fruitful you become, naturally speaking. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it abundantly. Have and enjoy life. Have and enjoy the life of God. Enjoy the life of God. For the life of God to bring fruits, results into your life. That is why you must engage yourself spiritually speaking. There are Christians who don't engage themselves spiritually speaking. So everything some can happen to them. They can just get an accident on the road and die. Whilst the other Christians who, are, who had accidents on the road and came out of the car without any problem on, them, on, their, skin, on their body. One of our, one of our uh, um, pastor's mother's mother okay, had a gruesome accident. All the people around her died. She didn't die. Everybody, it was a VIP bus. 36 people, I think. Only six people survived. And all the, the ones sitting in front of her died. The ones sitting behind her died. The ones sitting by her side died. She was the only one who didn't die. Only her hands was broken. She came out without any problem. Why? Because, you see, she's not just existing in the world. She's not just moving around. She, she was married to a pastor. And she knows God for herself. She knows the word of God for herself. She knows the Holy Ghost for herself. You can't depend on a corporate knowledge. No, don't use corporate knowledge. I go to a church where we speak in tongues. Do you speak in tongues? I go to a church where we hear the word of God. Do you listen to the word of God? Do you allow the word of God to function in your life? You must get personal with God. You have to. Hallelujah. Yeah, she came out without any problem. Without any problem. There are people who have been infected with dangerous things, but then they survived. Why? Because they know the life of God for themselves. One young lady who you know, as a musician, ended up, she was, she was going to have a baby. And when the baby came out, there were so many complications with her that she was given up to die. As she was in the bed dying, she had a vision. And an angel came to her and said, you have confessed too much life to die. You have confessed the life of God. I have the life, the life of God is working in me. I cannot die. You have confessed too much to die. So she came back out of the sickness, out of the disease, whatever, and it's around to date. Why? Because she had confessed too much life. Your confessions also brings more life to you. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So don't be a quiet Christian. A Christian who doesn't, who doesn't speak the word of God into his or her life. You have to speak the word of God into your life. See, I have the life of God working in me. The Holy Ghost is working in me. My mind is engulfed by the word. Yes, it's so important. It's so important. So if you believe the scripture, John 10, 10, spoken by Jesus, then you must believe in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Matthew 28, 18. Look at Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Next verse. On the basis of all the power that I have received, you... Go ye therefore 
to all nations. He says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. If you say this one is to the disciples, only the apostles, then you have made a very big mistake. There are Christians who say that this is only for the apostles. It was only for the apostles. How about John 10.10? 10? It was the apostles who were there when Jesus was also speaking. Why do you like John 10.10 10 and don't like Matthew 28, 18-20? You see, it doesn't make sense. Why do you like John 6.63? It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh prophetic nothing. The words that I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. Why do you like John 7.37? Look at John 7, 37. Don't be a Christian who likes one side of the scriptures and does not like the other side of the scriptures. Wow. Are you in the church? Can you hear me? I know the children are making a lot of noise, but I hope you can hear me. Now, we'll put them in an air condition very soon so that they don't, their, noise, their noise will be contained. Okay? Is it a good idea? He says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Next verse. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Every Christian believes this. That the, 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 the water is the Holy Spirit. And as I speak in tongues, rivers of living waters is coming out of me. You see, notice this, living waters. Everything about God is living, it's life. That's, that's the primary thing he gives, life. Living, life. Energy. Hmm? Are you getting it? Next verse, verse 39. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. How many of you believe in this scripture? Then you must believe in Matthew 28, 18 to 20. It is for all of us. All of us are called. All of us are called. Everybody. Tell anybody you are called. Tell the other neighbor you are called. Whether you just got born again or you've been born again for seven years, makes no difference. All of us are called. Everybody is called. Your mother is called. Your father is called. The fact that they are not responding to the call does not mean that it is not true. The call is there. Everybody is called. All are called. Tell your neighbor, all are called. Tell your neighbor, you are called. Tell the other neighbor, you are also called. Tell, the, tell yourself, I am called. Tell the neighbor behind you, you are called. What are you doing to the calling? What are you doing about the calling? You must do something about your call. Yes. Hallelujah. All are called. All are called. You see, if you read the Bible, you see how the Bible talks about the fact that we, you and I, are members of the body of Christ. Okay? We are members of the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 
Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. He says, you and me are the body of Christ. Paul's, Paul's writing the Corinthian church. The Corinthian church was one of the most godless, godless of all churches. They had all kinds of foolish things happening in the church. They will booze at communion. When they come and they see the communion, the communion was real wine. When they come, real wine with meat and all of When they come, they will not wait for the other members of the church to come. When they come and they see it, ash, they will just finish everything. It was in the Corinthian church that someone was sleeping with his father's wife. He was sleeping with his stepmother. Happily. Yes. The Corinthian church had so many, so many foolish things. Paul called them carnal. First Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 3.1 And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So most of them, almost the whole church were babies. It says, as unto babes in Christ. Next verse. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, and neither yet now are ye able. Next verse. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy, so in the church, envy in the church. People were envying one another. Church, when someone brings a car, mm, he thinks he, he, he has something. He should go away. They were envying one another. He says, whereas there is envying and strife. Do you understand strife? What is strife? Can someone look at the dictionary for strife? You think you understand, but you may not understand. That is why you need the dictionary in your life. Tell anybody you need the dictionary in your life. <laughs> Strife. What is strife? Yeah. What does it say? Angry or bitter disagreement over fundamental issues. Fundamental issues. Small, small things. They are just fighting and are angry all the time. Look at the amplifier. The amplifier says, For you are still unspiritual. Having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as they are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you. Are you not unspiritual and do the and of the flesh? Behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. So even though they were born again, they were behaving themselves like they were unchanged. They were like normal people. Hallelujah. But Paul wrote to the same church, the same unspiritual Muliganos, terrible church and told them that you are members of the body of Christ yeah all of you with your somewhere even no matter how somewhere you are you are still in the body I born again the born again experience is what brings you as a member of the body of Christ makes you a member of the body of Christ wow all of us are members we all, we all form part of the body of Christ Ephesians chapter 5, verse 30. Ephesians 5, 30. For we are members of his flesh, of Jesus's, we are members of Jesus' body and of his flesh and of his bones. Have you seen it? It says we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Look at the next verse. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Christ and the church. We are the, we are the church. We are members of the body of Christ. And the members of the body of Christ form the church. The church is not love economy church. It goes beyond that. The church is the body of Christ. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. Look at Colossians 1, 17. Do you like what I'm showing you? And he is before, he's talking about Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus is before all things, and by him all things consist. Uh-huh. Next verse. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the first one from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He is the head of the body, the church. So Jesus is the head of the body, and we are the body of the body. We are the body of the body. We are the members of the body. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. Look at Ephesians 1, 22. It says, and has put all things under Jesus' feet. He's talking about Jesus again. He has put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So Jesus is the head of the body, which is the church. Are you seeing it? And we are all members of the body of Christ. Then the next verse, look at the next verse. Which is his body? The church is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Let's read the message version of this particular verse. So the church is his body. Say the church is his body. And I'm a member of the body of Christ. Now, this is a very powerful revelation. If you allow this revelation to, to be in your heart, if you meditate on it, it will do a lot of things for you. Was Jesus ever sick when he was here on earth? Was he? I can't hear you. Okay. If you were a member of his body, can you be sick? When you fall sick, when you fall ill in any way, and you remember that you are, you are a member of the body of Christ, you remember that you are not supposed to be sick. And that knowledge will help you come out of your sickness. Because Jesus' body does not fall ill. You come out of it. Are you saying it? It's called meditation. The more you meditate on God's word and what God has said, the more light you receive. And the more life you, you walk in. Hallelujah. Yeah. Look at this. Verse 23. Ephesians 1, 23. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. He says the most important thing in this world is the church, not the world. The church is central to the world. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The world is rather peripheral. It's rather, the, the world rather revolves around the church. The reason for the world is because of the church. The church is Christ's body. Then it says, in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. The church is Christ's body, in which he speaks and acts. So, Jesus speaks and acts through us. Why? Because we are the church. So how is Jesus going to be able to talk to somebody? Through you. How is Jesus going to be able to touch somebody? Through you. Your touch is Jesus' touch. Your voice is Jesus' voice. Jesus said, he that heareth you, heareth me. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. That's what Jesus said. So you are, you are the expression of Christ in the earth. That is what you are. That is what you have become. Wow. Are you surprised? The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. By which he fills everything with his presence. 
He feels everything. Through the church, he feels everything and everywhere. So when you touch that business, who has touched it? Jesus has touched it. Jesus is filling that business because of you. Through your touch, through your, your mind, through your intellect, through your body. He's, he feels everywhere, every, in every place with his presence. Hallelujah. Now, if you, if you catch this, you realize that whatever you touch prospers. This is the knowledge I function with. This is what I function with. I know that I'm the, exp- I'm the headquarters of God. Don't you understand? I am the headquarters of God. Christ is in me. Hey! I thought you would say something for yourself. Oh. Say Christ is in me. Say it like you mean it. Yeah, Christ is in me. Before Jesus left, he said something very powerful. In John chapter 14, verse 20. Look at John 14, 20. Jesus was giving his last words. And when he got to this place, he says, At that day, let's, let's read the, the King James. At that day, which day is that? He's talking about this day. When he leaves this world. He says, when I leave this world, you shall know that I am in my Father. And you in me. And I in you. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father. I am in. You will know when I go. You will know that I'm actually in my Father. And you will know also that you are in me. And you will know also that I am in you. So it's a perfect union. The Father is in Christ. And Christ is in us. And we are in Christ. What a shock. So we are one with him. It's called the union. Eh? Our union with the Godhead. We have become one with the Godhead. We are the expression of the Godhead. That is, a, that is Christianity. Christianity is expressing divinity. Christianity is expressing the purpose of divinity. The goal of divinity. That is Christianity. First Peter chapter 2 verse 23 shows it to us. Sorry, First Peter chapter 2 verse 9, not 23. First Peter 2 9. But he are a chosen generation. He starts off by letting you know who you are. He says, but you are a chosen generation. Say, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Let's read the Amplified. The Amplified is nicer. But you are a chosen race. A royal priesthood. You are chosen. You are a chosen race. God has chosen you for himself. God has chosen you for his purposes. You chose the dress you are wearing. God has also chosen you as his special person. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Tell me about your special. You don't move around this world thinking that you are nothing. I'm nothing. I don't know if my life is going to amount to anything. Jesus thinks that you are special. The one who made you think that you are special. Why are you saying that you are not special? The one who made you think that you can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens you. You are saying, I can't do anything. What are you talking about? The one who created you says that you are wise because Christ is your wisdom. Say, I'm wise. I make decisions that are consistent with God. Wow. But you were a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation. He says you are dedicated. You may not be dedicated to God, but he says you are dedicated. One of your functions is that you are dedicated to God. You may not be using that function now, but the fact is that you are dedicated to God. A dedicated nation. God's own purchase special people. Nobody goes to town and buys rags. To wear. No. 
What was the price of your purchase? The price of your purchase was the blood of Jesus. That is how special you are. You are worth as much as the blood of Christ. That is how important you are. That is how wonderful you are. That is how much God feels you are worth. See, I'm special. So don't move around this life with a, a defeatist mind. I don't know if anything good is going to come from my life. Don't say that. Let your words align with the word of God concerning your life. Let your experiences align with the experiences of God. What God has said in his word concerning your life. I'm special. I'm chosen. I'm purchased. Yeah. Special. Special. You are God's best. Can you imagine? You are God's best in this world. You are his best product. You are his best... Uh, 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 you, you are the object of his love. I mean, you are too important. You are too important. If you've been moving around with a, with a mindset that you are not important, God is telling you you are very important to him. You are very, very important to him. Hallelujah. God's own purchase special people. For what purpose? Why did he get us? He got us for a reason. Nobody buys a necklace, a gold necklace or a gold watch for nothing. If you buy a gold necklace, you have a reason. You use it for special occasions. When it is a very powerful occasion, then you put on your nice gold watch and your nice gold necklace with your nice dress that you have bought. You do a powerful combination. And it even changes your walking style. When you are coming, you walk differently. Wow. Is it not true? Yeah. God has purchased you for his special, special work. Hey. What, what's that special work? It says that you may set forth the wonderful deeds. The reason why he purchased you was so that you will set forth his wonderful deeds. God wants everybody to know what he does through you. As you give to the poor. As you change someone's life. You're, what you are doing is an expression of what God does. He says, so that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are set to display the wonderful virtues and the perfections of God here on earth. It's righteousness of God. You display the righteousness of God. You are the one to display God. So if someone wants to know where God is, the person must contact you. Why? Because you are the center you are the place, the headquarters where God works from. You are the one through whom he distributes his presence and shows forth his grace and shows forth his glory. Slap your neighbor and say you are special. Wow. What do you think about what God is telling you? So when you realize your life is not going the way God, the way God has said it should go, you refuse to accept what you refuse to accept your circumstances and you accept the word of God. You say to yourself, No, this is not me. My life is for the glory of God. My life is not for foolishness. My life is not to destroy others. My life is to build others. I build, I'm a life builder. I'm not a life destroyer. I'm a life builder. Because of me, many will be built up in the Lord. I'm a displayer of the perfections, the virtues of God. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? Wow. God loves people. There are three levels of God's love. The first is his expression of his love for the whole world. The second is his expression for, the, for his, of his love 
for his children. And the third is the expression of his love for his children who respond to his love. Are you seeing it? Three levels. Out of all three, the highest, listen to what I said. The first is what? His love for people, for sinners, for everyone. The world of sinners. The second one is his love for his children. First John 3, 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. So he has a special love that is bestow- he bestows on his children. First John 3, 1. Can you show it to us? King James. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Have you seen it? Look at what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That we should be called the sons of God. Are you a child of God? Sons and daughters of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because he knew him not. We are sons and daughters, and hence he has a special love for us. Then all those who return his love. So this is the second type of his love, the second level of his love. The third level is for his love for all those who return, all his children who learn to respond to his love. You get it. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that what? All things work together for good for, for, to them that love God. Those who return his love, those who learn to love him, he says all things work together for their good. This, we use the scripture for everybody, but it's actually for those who return God's love. Those who learn to respond to the love of God by accepting his love and responding to his love. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Have you seen it? All things work together. He makes sure all things work together for the good of those who love him. There are Christians who don't love him. How do you know if someone loves you? Eh? Actions speaks louder than words. It's not in the Bible. But it is true. It's a true statement. If you say you love somebody and you don't call the person, you say, Oh, I love you. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. After you have said it, and the lady has said, Yes, I also love you. I like I like the fact that you like me. Me too, I like you. We can go together. Three days later, you've not been, they've not heard from you. Then she meets you somewhere and says, Ah, baby, you have not called me in the last three days. And then you say, Oh, it is my love language. That is my, I don't call much. What do you mean by you? It's your love. Your face like Gary and Beans. What do you mean by it's your love language? You may not like to make calls, but now that you say you are in love with this girl, you are going to be calling, I tell you. Because if you really love her, the love inside you will make you call. You can't say it's your, your love language is not to call. What, what, what do you mean? After one month, no visit. No visit. When we ask you, you say, oh, but I've been seeing you around the corner in the area. Brother, ah, but I'm busy, I'm working, I'm doing, I'm working, I'm doing. You are working and so what? You are a workaholic. Your face like, 
What are you talking about? Give the Lord a shout if you like my, my. No, if you are in love, you will visit. The love inside you eh, will push you. You realize that you are going, no matter how far away it is, when love sends you. Or that's my word. When love, when love sends you, you will cross the oceans. You will swim in, in the oceans and just to go and see this lady. Oh, the guy says it's not true. It's true. Uh-huh. You can't say you are in love and you are not, we are not seeing anything. If you are in love with the lady, you will do what she likes. Because you are afraid of losing her. <laughs> you are afraid of losing her, so you do what she likes. One day, my wife called me. She was my. She was just. Uh, she was not. She wasn't even beloved. But I was in love with her, and she knew I was in love with her. And I called her. She called me rather. She called me and said, "Why is it that when you when you are coming to my place, you, you just call and say you are coming? You shouldn't call to say you are just. You, are, you shouldn't do that. Find out if I'm available before you get it. Like you just call. I'm coming. Ah." See, at that time, I was, in, I was into business, so my time, I had time for everything. It was time to be here. Okay, so I'm coming. Hey! So she called me and said, no, don't do that. Like, find out. I'm a student. She was a medical student at that time. She has to learn. You know? Find out if I'm available or not. And then, if I'm available, you can come. But you just call me that you are coming, and then you, are, you just come. I, I call, hello, how are you? You are fine. Okay, so I'm coming. We'll see you in a few minutes. Bye-bye. Pa. And then I'm coming. She called me and said, don't do that. From that time, this is 2007. From that time till now, I have not, I have not done that again. Hey! After that, when I called, I said, well, how are you doing? I hope everything is fine. Please, I, I want to come. Can I come? Are you available? Hey! My language changed. Everything about me changed. Why? I'm in love. I'm in love. Hey! When you're in love, you sing nice songs. Yeah. You are my no air, no air, no air, no air. You, it's like she's your the air that you breathe. Hey! They are all lies, but I mean, it's a feeling you have. You might use a feeling. It's like, hey, this girl is very important to me. This girl is very. Like when I don't see her after some time, then it's like I'm feeling ill. Wow. Those who retain his love, those who love God, he too he knows. He too he knows those who love him. Yeah. All those who, are be, who have to be forced to visit him on a Sunday morning. It's clear that you, you, you don't really. You have to be forced. We have to compel you. It's like, why are you not coming? Coming. Bath. You see, you bath on your own every single day and go wherever you want to go to. But when it comes to Sunday morning, it's like your leader has to organize the water for you to bath. Your leader has to organize the car for you to board. Your leader has to do an iron for you to be able to come. You are just showing the level of your love to God. That's basically what you are doing. Yeah. They, they are, your love cannot be in your heart like that. How can we see your heart? We see your heart by your actions. 
First John 3.18. Let's look at First John 3.18. You are in love, we'll see your actions. And we know that, oh, it's not this one. First John 3.18. My little children, let us not, not love in word. It says don't love in word. Like, stop doing that thing. You are loving in word. Oh, me, I love God. Oh, it's in my heart. I know, I know. He know God knows that. Listen, the Bible is telling you, stop that foolishness. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. Mouth service. You say that you are going to sing in the choir. You said it. I'm going to sing in the choir. But we have not seen you in the choir for the last three months since you said you are joining the choir. Hey! You are not here. Meanwhile, you can sing. It is only your bathroom walls that know and receive your singing. You say, I'm singing to the Lord. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Jehovah is your name. Mariwa. Then you take, you take the, 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 what's it called? The telephone shower. It becomes your microphone. Mighty warrior. Great Jehovah. Jehovah is your name. God is saying, my friend, get out of here. Get out of here. What do you mean? What do you mean? Do something more. Why are you singing in your bathroom? Tell your neighbor, join the choir. Join the choir. Yeah. Stop singing what? Killing me softly in your bathroom. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed, in works, in doings. So this scripture can be said this way. NLT. Do you have NLT? New Living Translation. Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. So this scripture is like this. Actions speak more louder than words. This is it. This is the scripture. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You say you're in love. Charlie, you must show something. Yeah. You're in love. Take, take the lady out. Be, become uncomfortable for the person to be comfortable. There are guys who have taken ladies out. They are hungry. The money is for only one person. Only one person can eat. The lady is eating and he's sitting down drinking water. Why are you asking me so? Oh, I've eaten power. I've, I ate some very powerful food. I'm, I'm okay. Baby, please enjoy. Please enjoy. Enjoy for me. If you eat, I've eaten. Hey! I ate banku. It's just collecting water right now. So, it's, I'm just eating. I'm just drinking water. You can, you can eat. Eat the jollof rice and all of that. Yeah. When you're in love, you make sacrifices. It's like that. I mean, that's how it is. You don't think twice about it. Yeah. So when you're in love with the Lord, eh, you do what, and he knows so, you do what he also likes. You do what he loves. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9. Wow. You like what I'm sharing with you? Love it. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, 
neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared, prepared for them that love him. All those who love the Lord, God also has prepared things for them. He says, eyes has not seen it. Ears has not heard it. Neither has it entered into any man's heart. Yes. When you express your love for the Lord there, he too will express his love for you. Now, what is God's number one love? What is God's number one love? John 3.16. That is, his, that is the greatest expression of his love. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. For God so, in, in that love, they added so. So. So loved the world with intensity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have a lasting life. This is the expression of his love. He so loved the world. So loved the world. If you love him, you will also so love the world. He has not stopped loving the world. He still loves the world. How does he love the world? He loves the world through his church, which is you and I. The expression of his love is through you and I. We must fill his house. He wants many people seated in, the, in his house, hearing and being trained and raised for him. Yeah. This morning, I had a, I had a dream. It's like these days, I get dreams Saturday dawn into Sunday morning. So I woke up around four. Okay? Prayed for a while and then slept again. When I slept again, I had a vision, I had a dream, and Jesus had come. So Jesus was coming like a light. He came down. And when he was coming, just before he touched the, the earth, all the saints, all of us, all believers, started joining him. So we joined him. And when we joined him and were going, there were people sitting and seeing what was going on, but they were not attracted. It's like a magnet. His presence was a magnet that drew all the metals around, which are the believers. So all the believers were drawn. I was drawn. My family was drawn. My wife was drawn. Myself, everybody was drawn. We were just going. And we're entering glory. Like, and when we're entering glory, I saw some guys who said, ah, we should have taken this thing more seriously. I saw them around. They saw us going. They said we should have taken this thing more seriously. If only someone had spent more time on us. Yeah. That was, what, that was, that was the first part of the dream. Then the second part, we were in heaven. And I was seeing some faces that I, I knew. All my family members. I saw my younger brother at the entrance. I saw my sister inside. And Jesus was giving me a tour in heaven telling me that he wants to do this here. He says, I want to do a, a theme park here. And I want to do this one here. I saw some places that were not tired. Like in heaven. Like nice place, but there's no road. It's a road, but it's not tired. And he said, I'm, I'm trying to tie it. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to... Now, who are the people who are used for the road? Who are the road and the theme park? And It's people. Because we make up the kingdom of God. People make up the kingdom of God. People make up the new Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem is the human beings. That is why God does not joke with human beings at all. God loves human beings. The 12 apostles are the foundations of the new Jerusalem. The 12 sons of Jacob are the doors of the new Jerusalem. All those who work for him will become pillars in the new Jerusalem. Romans chapter, chapter, chapter 3, verse 12. Romans 3, 12. Look at Romans. Sorry. Not Romans. Revelations chapter 3, verse 12. 
Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God? So there's someone who's supposed to be a pillar in the temple of God, but he's not in the kingdom of God right now. He's not even born again. So there are some portions that are not yet constructed because there are no people. The people who are supposed to be the pillars and the grass and the things are not yet there. He says, I want to do this one here. I want to make sure this road is here. He was just showing me all the places he showed me are places that were not done. All of them. And I was wondering, how can this be heaven? It was actually heaven. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of my, the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He says he will write upon you his new name. He will make you a pillar. Some people will become pillars, some people will become stones. We are born again as living stones who are turned to become the temple of God. So, human beings are very important to the Lord. That is his greatest, the greatest expression of his love. People. 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 You. And those out. You are very important. So, two aspects. Those out must be brought in. You in must grow. The more you grow, the more you become what he wants you to become. It's so important. He doesn't joke with it at all. And if you love him, you understand what he loves. He loves people. He loves it when you spend your life establishing someone in his kingdom. But someone needs to hear your voice, not mine. They need to hear your voice. When they hear your voice, then they will change. When you spend some more time on them, establishing them, bringing them to the house of God, bringing them, bringing them, they will be established. Just like someone is doing for you now. If you do for somebody, the person will also be established. Wow. Yeah. So we are members of his body. And we are the ones to express his love to the world. We are his outstretched arm. We are. We are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are. Say, I am his outstretched arm. Yeah. You can see some in Revelation chapter 21. Revelation 21 verse 9. Look at Revelation 21 verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Who is the bride and who is the lamb's wife? The church. Jesus' wife and bride is a church. Next verse. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and, a great and high mountain and showed me that city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. This is what Jesus is building. It's called the, the new Jerusalem. And it's made up of people. People, you and I. All those out there. Next verse. Having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Next verse. You know, jasper is the color of God. If you read the Bible, you will know that jasper is the color of God. When you see God sitting on his throne, the light that comes out is that of jasper. And he says that his bride is also, his bride also have the same color because we are one with him. And he had a, a, the, the, the New Jerusalem had a, a wall great and high and had 12 gates. So there were 12 gates and the gates 12 angels and names written thereon. Then it says, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel? So all the children of Israel, the tribes of the children of Israel are actually gates. So the tribe of ben- Benjamin is a, a gate. Benjamin was a human being here on earth. But in the New Jerusalem, he's a gate. Issachar was a human being here on earth. But in the New Jerusalem, he is a gate. Ephraim 
was a human being here on earth, but in the new Jerusalem, he's a gate. Just as some of us are human beings here, but then we are pillars, we become pillars in the new Jerusalem. Some of us are human beings, we are human beings here, but then in the new Jerusalem, we become blocks for the construction of the, we are blocks for the construction of the new Jerusalem. Yeah. I see it. Next verse, verse, verse 13. On the east were three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and at the west three gates. Next verse. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. So the wall of the city had 12 foundations that could be seen. The foundation of the New Jerusalem is not hidden. This building's foundation is hidden. But the foundation of the New Jerusalem are not hidden, it's out. So you can see the foundations. He says, when he saw the New Jerusalem and saw the foundations, the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So the 12 apostles, Bartholomew. Bartholomew was a human being here, but then he's actually a foundation. Yeah. James is a foundation. Peter is a foundation. All of them, they are the 12 apostles. So, if, so the work they did here on earth made them foundations in the New Jerusalem. So what you also do for the Lord will make you something in the New Jerusalem. That is the truth. Your, your expression of your love for him gives you a reward. In the Bible, there are three kinds of judgments. Okay? Three main kinds of judgments. The first one is the judgment of sin. Sin needed to be judged and punished for. Needed, yes, it was a need. The soul that sinneth must die. For the wages of sin is death. When you, when you do wrong, you die. What kind of death? There are three kinds of death. There's spiritual death, physical death, and eternal death. Remember, when Adam was... Uh, When Adam sinned, or before Adam sinned, God told him that when you partake of this fruit, the knowledge of the tree of good and knowledge, you shall surely die. In dying, you shall die. Did Adam die when he ate it? Did Adam die when he ate it? Adam did not die physically when he ate it, but he died spiritually. Adam died spiritually. Spiritual death is a first. You cannot die physically if you are not dead spiritually. Adam died spiritually. Okay? What is spiritual death? Spiritual death is separation from God. That is spiritual death. Why? Because God is life. I've told you this today. God is life. If you take yourself away from God, you are taking yourself into death. So Adam took himself away from God. When he took himself away from God, he died spiritually. That is what we mean by falling short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory. Adam fell short of the glory. He fell short of the life of God. So he died spiritually. But it took 939 years for him to die physically. Adam died at age 939, I think. Yes. Are you saying it? Hmm. Now, Adam's sin needed to be punished. All of us were seminally in Adam. All of us were in Adam's semen and in Adam's loins. And sin needed to be punished. It had to be punished. Because the soul that sins must die. What kind of punishment was that? Eternal death. Adam needed to die eternally. But God stepped in by sending his son Jesus Christ. To come 
come and pay the judgment or pay the condemnation pay for the wages of sin so jesus took all the the the, the punishment for sin of man without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sins sin cannot be remitted without the shedding of blood hebrews chapter 9 so jesus came and took the punishment for sin and took away sin that's why jesus came he came to take away sin to bear the punishment of sin so people don't go to hell because of sin today people go to hell because they've not accepted jesus's sacrifice and jesus's payment they say they'll pay for themselves jesus is nonsense you should go away i'll pay for myself and no human being can pay for themselves I see it. So if you read in uh, John 3, 16, we just read John 3, 16. For God's will have the order, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but should have everlasting life, blah, blah, blah. Verse 17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He sent his son so that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came so that the world through him might be saved. Next verse. Verse 18. He that believeth on him, on Jesus Christ, is not condemned. The word condemned is judged. Let's read NLT. I'm sure it will help us. The one who believes, all those who believe in Jesus Christ, is, they are not judged. What judgment? The judgment of sin. Because he took the punishment, he was judged for sin and was punished for sin. There is no judgment. Have you seen it? There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. What judgment is that? The judgment of sin. There is no judgment. So as soon as you believe in him, you have passed from death to life. John chapter 5, verse 24. Look at John 5, 24. Keep your finger here. Go to John 5, 24. I tell you the truth. Very, very, I say unto you. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation or shall not come into judgment. I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. They will never be condemned for their sins. But they have already passed from death unto life. So the way to pass from death to life is by believing in Jesus Christ. When you believe in him, the judgment of sin is done. Because what you are saying is that when he was judged for sin, you were in him. You were in him when he was judged for sin. And you believe that that settles it. And that's it. That's it. It settles it. So you will never go to hell. Why? Because of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice. I see it. That is a judgment of sin. And it has already happened in Jesus. Nobody has to go to hell. Nobody. Why do they go to hell? They go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Go back to John 3, John 3 18. Jesus meant it when he said, <laughs> keep your finger here. Go to, which verse do you like? Go to John chapter 10, verse 26. Look at John 10, 26. But you believe not because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. Next verse. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. They shall never be destroyed. They shall never be condemned. Amplified. Look at the amplified of this verse. And I give them eternal life and they shall never lose it. 
or perish throughout the ages. Have you seen it? They shall never perish throughout the ages. Nothing can make them perish. To all eternity, they shall never by any means be destroyed. When you believe and you receive eternal life, it says till eternity you shall never be, be, you shall never be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Nobody. The devil can snatch you out of Jesus' hand. Are you born again? That's, all, that's what you needed. You needed to give your life to Christ so that you can come to him. So important. Without the born again experience, your life has not begun. Your life has not begun. If you are not born again today, you need to give your life to Christ today. Because you are just existing. And when you leave this earth, that's the end for you. Time is the only place given for man to receive and believe in Jesus. After time, outside of time, you can't. They shall never perish. They shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages to all eternity. They shall never by any means be destroyed. And no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. John chapter, chapter 3, verse 18. Go back to John 3, 18. NLT. New Living Translation. Now, you need to get a Bible on your phone or your tablet called My Sword or E-Sword. On computers, it's called E-Sword. On your phone, it's called My Sword. And on iOS, it's also called E-Sword. And it gives you all, a lot of translations at the same time. So you can look at one scripture in different translations. And it gives you the Greek and the Hebrew meanings of the various words that are in the Bible. Okay? So that you can know it. Do you see I'm not preaching with notes? I've come to know it. How? By studying it, by listening, by watching, and by reading it for myself. So you can't convince me otherwise. Nobody can convince me. Jehovah's Witness cannot convince me that Jesus is not God. Jesus is God. Because I know it from the scriptures. If you don't know it for yourself, someone can convince you otherwise. Someone can confuse you. It's a sign that you are a child in the Lord. It's only children who are confused. Hallelujah. Now look at this. There's no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him, anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. He has already been judged. What judgment? The judgment of sin. Are you saying it? Yes. John chapter 16 verse 7 and 8. Look at John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I do not, if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Next verse. So there's a coming, another coming judgment. Okay? I'll show you that one. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. This is the world's sin. The world's sin is not fornication, adultery, and all of that. No, that is not the main thing. Those are fruits of the tree. The tree is this. They don't believe in Jesus. The world's sin is that they, it refuses to believe in me. Why is the world refusing to believe in Jesus? If light has come, won't you like light? If you are dwelling in darkness and light comes, will you say, put the, put the light off, put the light off, put the light off? Will you do that? Darkness prevents you from seeing as you are supposed to. Why do men still not believe in Jesus Christ? Because of their foolishness. So go back to... So this is the reason why people, people, are, going, people are going to hell because they refuse to believe. 
in Jesus Christ. They refuse. When they hear, they refuse. We must pray for them. We must help them by prayer. First is prayer. Second is sharing the word of God with them. Third is caring for them. Loving them and helping them. Loving them into the kingdom of God. Because we are Jesus' outstretched hands. You and I, all of us. All of us. Have you seen it? Go back to John chapter 3. We just read 18. Now let's read 19. And the judgment is based on this fact. This is the, this is the reason for the judgment. The judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world. Who is God's light? Jesus. But people love the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. This is the problem. Human beings love darkness. They love what? Darkness. That is the problem of humanity. They love people, love darkness. They love darkness. They love foolish things. Wow. That's why we must pray for them. Why do they love foolish things? Because, why do they love darkness? Because the prince of the power of the air has blinded their minds. So we need to pray him out. That's in, 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 in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Is it 1 Corinthians? No, 2 Corinthians 4, 3. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. If we preach and it is hidden, it is hidden from only people who are perishing. Next verse. Next verse. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Have you seen it? Satan has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They are unable to see. That is why they keep hiding away from the light. They can't see. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. They don't understand. How do we get Satan out? By binding him in prayer and sending him out, pushing his influence away from them so that when the light comes, they can see. You see our responsibility? God is depending on you and I to do this. That is why the self-system comes with prayer. Every day, there's a prayer. We must pray every day. Praying for what? Praying that people will see the light of the glorious gospel. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you like what he's saying. So you know your place. We have a place, a powerful place. Without us, a lot of things can be done. It's amazing. So I've told you about the judgment of sin, right? It has happened in Jesus already, isn't it? All those who don't believe in him end up going to hell and hence... So, physical death comes after someone dies spiritually. So, when you get born again, you are made alive spiritually. You come to life spiritually. You receive eternal life. Eternal life brings light into your soul, into your spirit. You become born again. You become alive to God. You are waking to the fatherhood of God. Okay? And you don't have to die physically. Because you are now alive spiritually. So physical death becomes an option. <laughs> Are you born again? Physical death is an option. Tell me about physical death is an option. It shouldn't be your lot. Tell me about it shouldn't be your lot. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's not, that is not, it's like all of us will die. It's true, we make such statements, but that is not the, that is not the real thing. It's an option. Why? Because one of the things Jesus did is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. Look at 2 Timothy 1, 9 and 10. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. 
He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the beginning, from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. This is very powerful. Next verse. And now he has made all of this plan to us. And now he has made all of this plan to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Savior. Then he says, he broke the power of death. Jesus did something. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. He illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. So he's brought something called immortality. Look at the King James. The King James says it nicely. He has brought immortality and life to light through the gospel. You see, who has abolished death? Jesus has abolished it. So you don't need to die. He has abolished. You understand abolishing? It's no more in force. He has abolished death and has brought life, eternal life, and immortality to light. How? Through the gospel. So the more of the gospel you hear, the more life you receive and the more immortality, immortal you become. Wow. Those Christians who believe in this scripture are the ones who will be raptured. They will not die physically. They will be taken away from this earth without having to die physically. And Jesus is waiting for those Christians who will believe it, that they don't have to die. <laughs> Until those Christians arise, the rapture will be postponed for many years. Are you saying it? So I've taught you on the judgment of what? Of sin. The second judgment, which is actually third in terms of chronology, in terms of chronology, do you understand chronology? In terms of what? Order of event, it is the last. But I want to talk to you about it because it has nothing to do with you. When you become born again, the judgment of sin, has, you agree that the judgment of sin has happened already in Christ. So you are saved from the judgment of sin. If you are saved from the judgment of sin, you are saved from the judgment of the white throne. It's called the white throne judgment. So the last judgment is called the white throne judgment. Say white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 and 12. Now, anyone who dies physically without receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior goes to hell, isn't it? Hell is just a waiting place. Hell is not the final destination. Hell is just a waiting place. So people will go and wait. All those people who go and wait in hell are waiting their actual judgment. It's just like being arrested by, by Ghana police. You stole a motorbike and you were caught. By God's grace, they didn't kill you on the road. The police came on time and took you to the police station. They'll put you at the cell. Isn't it? There's a cell in every police, every police station. Is it true? There are two places in the police station. There's counter back. Behind the counter. You can sit behind the counter. When you sit behind the counter, they see your phone. You are dressed. Your dress is still there. You're actually not, if not, nothing has happened yet. But if nobody comes for you and you need to be put in cell, they remove your dress. And it's only left with your boxer shorts. And then you are put into the cell. Now, the cell is a type of hell. Now, don't say, hey, why is God so wicked? If God is a loving God, why has he made hell? If government is also a loving government, why has he created police stations with cells? Hello? This has nothing to do with love. It has everything to do with judgment. 
If we know that men can be evil and those who are evil should be put behind bars, how much more God? Where did man learn it from? Man learned it from God. Yes. All those who go against the laws of the universe or the laws of God must be apprehended. So hell is just the cell. Once you are in the cell, they start processing your documents for, for you to go to court. So, in other words, you have actually been judged. At the cell, you've been judged. But that judgment is awaiting your real judgment where a lawyer, a, a, a sentence is pronounced on you. A lawyer comes to defend you. Another lawyer comes to prosecute you. You stand before the judge. The judge hits the gavel. Well, it's a gavel, right? And then declares that you are guilty and that you are sentenced to five years or ten years or hundred years in prison. Is it true? So the white throne judgment is when God will sit down with his gavel to judge all those who are behind, the, behind in cells. Not Christians, all those who are in cells. What's the cell? Hell. So all those who are in hell will be brought to this judgment. And that's what it's here. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose feet the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Next verse. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And books were opened. What books are those? Those are documents concerning their lives. The books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So all the things they did here on earth is written. Everybody's own is written. And their works which are written will be compared to the work of Jesus. What Jesus did. Jesus loved the world so much he died. What did you do? Some of them will come and say, ah, but I built, I built schools for people. I was a rich man and I did many philanthropic works. I built things for cancer patients. We brought new cancer drugs that healed some cancer patients and did this and did that and did that and did that and did that. Many good things. All the, all the good things are recorded. They will all be compared to Jesus' work. And nobody's own will be up to 0.0000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000000
there's a whole citizenship, there's a whole civilization in the sea. All that you heard is not a lie, it's true. It's a whole civilization because the world that was was destroyed with water. And the water that was used to destroy that world is the water that we see as sea today. The sea is the judgment of the old. So just as we see the sea, the sea is actually supposed to remind us of the ju- that judgment exists. You understand? It's supposed to remind you and let you know that hey, judgment exists because the sea is all the water that was used to destroy the world that was. It's in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth became without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Hmm? And the earth was without form and void. The, the earth became. It wasn't like that. The earth was fine. Everything was okay. But then, the earth became, was destroyed. Because of Satan and all the, all the things that he was doing at that time. So between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, it's a gap. It's called the, the gap the gap theory or the gap, whatever. The earth we are standing on is about 6 billion years old. 6 what? Billion. According to half-life. If you do chemistry, I read chemistry. If you do chemistry, there's something called half-life. It tells you carbon dating. It tells you the age of fossils or things that are old. And when they check for the earth, the earth is about 6 billion years. But man in this form, man in this form has been here on earth for only 6,000 years. The oldest man, his bones, is just about 6,000 years old. So what happened to the 5.999 whatever billion years? What happened then? There were people, there were people here, not in this form, not people like this, but there were beings here. If you've noticed, they found fossils of dinosaurs and all of that. And there are movies where you see dragons and all of that. Hey. The Bible talks about dragons, but we've never seen any. So, God used water to destroy that world. If you read in Second Peter chapter 2, you see it. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The whole place was dark. Have you heard of Ice Age? The ice age. There's a cartoon on it. Ice age. So the whole world was in that particular state. The whole world was ice. There was no light. And all the water became frozen. So when God was... Genesis chapter 1 from verse 3 is actually a refurbishment of the earth. It wasn't a creation. It's refurbishment. God refurbished the earth. So the earth we are standing on is the same earth that was created in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Same earth. It's not a different earth. Same earth. So in verse 9, Genesis 1-9, look at Genesis 1-9. In verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together. So all the water that was on earth was covering the whole earth, that the earth could not be seen, was gathered on one side. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together onto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. Next verse. And God called the dry land what? And the gathering together of the waters called he... So the sea that you see is the judgment of the old. So all the inhabitants of the sea will also be brought for judgment. I see it. That is what is written in Revelation chapter, chapter 20, verse, verse 13. It says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. If a human being dies in the sea and is not born again, where will he go to? 
hell. He will not stay in the sea. He will go to hell, isn't it? So this is not referring to human beings. This is referring to another group of people. This, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. That is human beings. Then it says, and they were judged every man according to their works. Have you seen it? Next verse, verse 14. And death and hell. So death and hell were cast into something called the lake of fire. What is the lake of fire? The lake of fire is the final judgment of the two worlds. I just described one world to you. There was a world that was, which was judged with water, which is our sea now. There's a world that we are in now. This world we are in will be destroyed or judged with fire. Second Peter 3, 6. It says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The, the old world was overflowed with water and hence perished. Isn't it? That's what I just described to you. Next verse. But the heavens and the earth which are now, this heavens and this earth which are now, right now, by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Have you seen it? This is reserved. This heaven and earth is reserved unto fire. The world of old was destroyed with water. I just showed it to you. Next verse. But by the heavens which are, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Verse 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Next verse. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, what? not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is God's heart. Next verse. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt, everything on it shall, shall melt, with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Everything is reserved unto fire. I see it. Huh. So the lake of fire is a combination of the sea and the fire. This fire. That shows you the final judgment. So it's a judgment of the old, the sea, the water. And then the judgment of the new, the fire, puts together, making a lake of fire. Hey! Are you seeing it? So it is the final crash can. The final crash can. The final end of all things. And that lake will also be there for us to see in the world to come. We'll be seeing the lake of fire, not a sea. Because in the new world, there will not be any sea. Because the sea would have served its purpose. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. And I saw, so Revelation chapter 20 is the judgment, what I'm telling you about. The lake of fire and all of that, isn't it? After that has happened, after God has judged the whole world of sinners. Verse 21 is the new world. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Read the rest. One to go. And there was no more... Why? Because the sea has served its purpose. There was no more sea. So there will not be any sea like this in the new world. Why? Because the sea was actually an evidence of a judgment that had happened. To let, to let human beings know that there's a judgment coming. But most of them don't know what I'm telling you now. They are doing beach party. They are doing beach party at the place of judgment. <laughs> and they are beings in the sea. People get their powers from beings in the sea, isn't it? You know. You know what I'm talking about. You've heard of Mami Water and Papa Water and all of that. They've even acted a movie called A Common on it. There's a whole civilization down there. They've been judged. Awaiting. Of course, they've been judged spiritually and physically. They, are, they don't have mem they don't have body. They have been dismembered. So they don't have any right here on earth. So they come, when they come to the earth, they come to inhabit people. 
and use people to do things. It is true. There are beings. Read Revelation chapter 11, 14. You will see the things that will come out of the sea to come and do things on earth when the final days come. All the wild things that happen, they all come from the sea. They are all of them from the sea. And I saw this come from the sea. And I saw this come from the sea. And the monster came out of the sea. And there were locusts that came out of the sea. All of it sea. There's only one thing that comes from the river, of, the river Euphrates. Yeah. It's still water anyways. Wow. Are you surprised? But thankfully, because you are born again, you are not going to be at the judgment. Clap for Jesus. But you must make sure your mother does not go at this judgment. You must make sure your mother does not go at this judgment, to be at the judgment. You must make sure your father does not go. You must make sure your sisters and your brothers do not go there. You must make sure your friends do not go there. Don't just be a friend. Yeah, what's up, Charlie? Everything cool. Charlie, Charlie, dancing song with Charlie. The match debut, hey, the way Messi scored the guy. Hey, Charlie, Charlie, they don't be you. Hey, Charlie. After doing the Charlie, Charlie, Messi scored the goal very powerfully. See the person dancing, Charlie, but your soul too is very important too. Your soul is very important. Have you worked on your salvation? Why are you going after this place? We enjoy message goals together. But we must be in heaven together. So we can enjoy God together as well. Yeah. Preach the gospel. Be instant in season and out of season. It is our job. It is our ministry. We must do it. We must do it. Hallelujah. But there's a second judgment, which is actually the third, there's a third judgment, which is actually the second in terms of chronology, which is for Christians. There's a judgment that is reserved for Christians. Christians. It's not for unbelievers. Unbelievers are judged at the white throne. But Christians have a judgment before the white throne. And we are judged. This judgment is a judgment for rewards. This judgment is like Olympics, giving you a reward for winning in the Olympics. Years ago, the Olympics were, was organized by Roman, the Roman Empire, and the king would sit on a seat, a special seat. And then you come in front of him, after you have run, or done your javelin, or your shots put, or your swimming, or whatever, and won. When you come, he places a crown on your head. A crown made of leaves on your head, and then gives you a white throne, a white stone, which has your name inside for a coming feast in the evening. That was, was going to treat you specially. So it was a judgment. It's not you, you, you can decide not to call it a judgment, but it was a place for rewards. We are judged for rewards. So Christians, you are not going to be judged to go to hell. You are going to be judged for rewards, to be given rewards for all the things you did for Jesus Christ. Even giving a cup of cold water to a child in the, in the Lord will be rewarded. Fasting will be rewarded. All those who fasted will be rewarded. All those who prayed, all those who went to praying will be rewarded. Coming to church will be rewarded. Rewarded for coming to church. Rewarded for singing in the choir. Rewarded for playing the instruments. Rewarded for changing the scriptures. You are rewarded for cleaning the place. You are rewarded for cleaning the toilet. You are rewarded for every single thing you did. You are rewarded for bringing someone to church. Stabilizing the person in the house of God. You are rewarded for doing the camera. You are rewarded for every single minute thing that you would do for the Lord to be rewarded. Yes. 
Your father which seeth in secret shall reward you openly one day. All the things you are doing in secret for the Lord, not secret foolish things. But all the things, you see, that is why you can't live your life anyhow. That is why you can't, because every time you are given an opportunity to do something foolish, you have an opportunity to do the opposite of that. So your reward is actually under examination. Your, your reward is being questioned. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you attempted to steal, if you attempted to steal, and you didn't steal, but you left that thing, you'll be rewarded for holding on and not stealing. You are rewarded for keeping yourself from doing certain wrong things. All the things you, 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 you walking in godliness rewarded. A lady sponsored you, gave you scholarship. Free Ubuntu. Come and do whatever you do. Nobody's seeing us. It's just us. But then you remember Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for you and that you must live for him. So he said no. By remembering that Jesus died for you and saying no, you get a reward. When you do it, you will not get your reward. You will lose your reward. All the rewards that were going to be given to you will be lost. So that's what we are living for. We are living for rewards. So in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. This one is called the judgment seat of Christ. The word seat is bima. So sometimes it's called the bima seat judgment. And bima means one foot space, a foot space. Only one person can be there. You can't be there with your father. You can't be there with your mother. You can't be there with your uncle. And during that time, Jesus will check and see what you did for him out of your love for him. So all your life will pass before you. And you will check to see. And you'll be giving rewards. There are crowns. There's a crown called the crown of life. Another crown called the crown of righteousness. Another crown called the crown of what? Rejoicing. Another crown called the crown of glory. All these crowns are available for you to enjoy. And it's all dependent on your love for the Lord. Your love for the Lord. So this is the judgment to prepare for. There are those who go for that judgment and come away from that judgment gnashing their teeth, crying, wailing, because all the opportunities they had to tell someone about Jesus and all the opportunities they had to serve the Lord, they did not use it. They squandered it. They threw it out. They said nonsense to the Lord. The Lord remind you of all of those things. First Corinthians chapter 3. Let's read from verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, that is the foundation of Jesus Christ, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, ha, uh, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work, so everybody's building, whether you like it or not, you are building something. You are building, all of us are building something, we are constructing something. We are all building something. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day, which day? The day that we stand before the Lord. The Bema Seat Judgment Day. Every man's work shall be made manifest. If you build with gold, wood, hay, stubble, silver, precious stones. When silver goes through fire, it becomes nicer. When gold goes through fire, it shines. When precious stones go through fire, it shines even more. But when wood goes through fire, it will burn. When stubble goes through fire, it will burn. When hay goes to fire, it burns. Every man's work. So what work are you doing? What is your work? Are you doing works of hay, wood, and stubble? Or are you doing works of gold, silver, and precious stones? You must do something for the Lord. Your car will not, your car will not be tested here. 
but what you did with your car will be tested there. If you use your car to put, you put human beings in your car for church, for service, brought them until they were established, you'll be rewarded for it. You'll be rewarded for putting people in your car. Be rewarded for using your fuel to bring them to the house of God and helping them to be established. Everybody, it's not, it's not pastors. So. It's, not, it's not pastors. So. Every man. It says every man. It's every man. Did you say every pastor? Or every uh, uh, prophet? No, brother, sister. Every man and woman. Man is generic. Every man and woman's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. What fire is that? The fire of Jesus' eyes. Jesus has fire in his eyes. Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 14. When John saw Jesus in, in glory, he said, when I saw him, his head was, his, and his head and his hairs were white like wool. So his hair is white, and his head is, his head and his hair. So the head and the hair is as white as wool, as white as snow. Then it says, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. So Jesus' eyes are as flame of fire. His eyes is fire. And that is the fire that will be used to judge us. We will not go to the fire of hell. We will go to the fire of his eyes. When you look into his eyes on that day, because it will just be you and him, he will be looking into your eyes like this. And your works will be revealed in his eyes. And his works for you, his love for you will also be revealed in his eyes. How he loved you and how you loved him will be compared. Yes. And then you wonder, yeah. I had the opportunity to do this. I didn't do it. I, did do, I had this one. I didn't do it. It's what be coming. You could have shared the gospel with somebody in the car. You could have been more effective in the cell. You could have done something more. You could have cleaned the chairs. You could have done something. You could have, but you use so many foolish excuses. Minus you in Jesus' name. He'll look into your eyes like, it will just be you. Everybody will have their time with Jesus. It will just be you like that. And he'll be looking into your eyes. And you'll be looking into his eyes. His eyes will be the fire that our work will pass through. Some will come out of that judgment, that time, rejoicing because they'll come out with rewards. He says, go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Every man's work shall be made manifest for the day shall declare it because it shall be reviewed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work. Of what sort it is. So you are doing something. No matter what, you are doing something. But what sort is your work? You are doing something. Next verse. If any man's work abide, which he has built thereupon, so some people's work shall, be, shall abide. When he goes to the fire, when they meet Jesus, their work will go through. And they will be rejoicing. Kalabashata. I see you rejoicing on that day. Jesus oh, it's like you don't have faith. I said I see you rejoicing on that day. Jesus yeah, you come out and you'll be jumping. My works have abided. And if any man's work abide, which he has built upon, he shall receive a reward. So you receive a reward after it has gone through that judgment. When you go to that judgment, that judgment rewards. You are given a crown. You are given a goblet. You are given a, a necklace. You are given something. Rewards. Plenty rewards for every single thing that you did for the Lord. Everything. Every note. You, you, you sing for the Lord. It's rewarded. Everything. You'll be surprised. Everything. If any man's work shall be burnt. Next verse. Next verse. 
if any man's work shall be burned so some people's work shall be burned Christians he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire so even though you have been saved you would have gone through that fire everybody will go through that fire wow he says you shall suffer loss and all those who suffer loss will be bound hand and foot and taken to outer darkness to go and learn amazing so it's in your own interest to do something for the Lord you love him do something for him get your friends on board get them if you have to color your hair like he has colored his hair do it if you have to braid your hair like he has braided his hair the braiding of the hair should not be for fun you are braiding your hair because you know you are going to get a certain group of people you are coloring here not for fun, not so that you be seen as a guy. When they see you as a guy and they come close, you preach to them. And you bring them, you convert them into the house of God. Everything about you must preach the gospel. Everything about you. Your shoes, your suits, everything, your dress, your iPhone, your Snapchat, your WhatsApp, your Insta, Instagram, whatever. You must preach the gospel. Everything must preach the gospel. And you will be rewarded. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.